You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're on a a series right now. We're on our last two Sundays of looking at 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 11. And uh, it's a real, uh, you can read it quickly as you do your kind of own private Bible reading. But actually when you start to dig into it, you realize there's a lot there. In a few verses, there's a lot that needs to be unpackaged. And uh, so we've been, we've been reading through it every week. And I'm hoping that our hearts will really be challenged by what's there. God wants us to not just stay as infants in our faith, but wants us to mature and become all that he calls us to be. He hasn't given us uh, our, our salvation just so that we, we, we plateau. We don't just come to faith one day and then just stop. But actually, he wants us to continue to increase and to grow and to become all that he he has for us. Um, So let's read together 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us every, uh, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, escaping the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, self-control to perseverance, godliness, uh, and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has given us everything that we need. Everything is there uh, for life and godliness or for uh, for his purposes. And so we've looked at um, adding to our faith goodness and to knowledge and and self-control and perseverance and godliness. We looked at last week and uh, this week we're looking at the next one, which is... um, which is brotherly kindness or mutual affection. Our, our growth and maturity as believers doesn't need to just be from the um, inside up, but actually also needs to be um, outward. God doesn't want us just to kind of continue to grow in our relationship with him, but he's, he calls us actually to grow in our relationship to one another. We are called to add to our faith brotherly kindness or mutual affection. And uh, the word brotherly kindness comes from the word, the Greek word Philadelphia, or in English we would say Philadelphia. Now, not the cheese and not the city. We don't add Philadelphia cheese to our life and then we're, we're growing. Well, we are probably growing in something. I like Philadelphia cheese, especially in cheesecake. Um, there's nothing quite like it. But I don't think that's what Peter was thinking about when he says, add to your faith Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a compound word which, which includes two key words, philo, which is love, and then the second part of it means brother. It speaks of a deep intimacy of a family connection. Rudyard Kipling once wrote this about families. A family shares things like dreams, hopes, possessions, memories, smiles, frowns, and gladness. 
A family is a clan held together with the glue of love and the cement of mutual respect. A family is a shelter from the storm, a friendly port when the ways of life become too wild. No person is ever alone who is a member of a family. Do you know, when we come to Christ, we are connected to a family. We are immediately planted into this family called His kingdom, His, His family, His body. And uh, just like any family, uh, there's individuals that, um, well, put it this way, no family is perfect. Would you say that? Yeah. Yes. We, we have a saying that you can uh, choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Have you heard that saying? Right. And, and every family has its quirks. And, and, uh, and I realize in a, a room of this size, for some of us, it, it wouldn't be necessarily fond memories as we start thinking about family or even talking about family. It doesn't necessarily conjure up positive imagery. And yet God's plan for family actually is very positive. It is something that we, we journey together. We, we, we do life throughout life. You, you don't stop being part of your family. And even if you stop seeing each other, you're still part of that family. You can't disconnect from your family. And uh, we have earthly families, but as I just mentioned, we, we also have a spiritual family that we're connected to. We have family that surround us that are in the body of Christ. And, and we join with one another, and uh, we, we're brothers and sisters. The person beside you is a brother or sister in Christ. You're now connected to family. But healthy families and relationships don't just happen. And I think even in a natural front, um, a healthy family takes work, doesn't it? To have a vibrant family that supports one another, encourages one another, and builds one another up is something you have to really work at. All sorts of things in life destroy families. And you don't have to look very far to see families being ripped apart by all sorts of things. And so it's something we have to work at. And I think when, when Peter wrote to the church saying, you need to add brotherly love to your ingredients of what you're growing in. We need to work at it. It's something that doesn't just happen, but actually has to be demonstrated, has to be worked out. And I believe that actually brotherly love, just as, as in a home environment, is a choice. We don't automatically just show brotherly love in a family, do we? There's choices we have to make along the way that uh, require something of us. And the, start, the, the, the beginning part of this whole bit of looking at family is, it starts with being committed to one another. Being committed to one another. Saying, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm with you for the, the long haul. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. To be devoted means there's, it's an ongoing process. You're not devoted in a one-off, are you? I was devoted to that lunchtime meal. No, you're devoted. You're a devoted husband or you're a devoted wife because you, you've journeyed time. It's, it's consistent over time. You're devoted to that. We live in a world where people walk away from relationships when the going gets tough, right? And I think going back a number of generations, you know, people stuck with it. Good times, bad times, we're going to stick together, and especially in, in marriage relationships. There, you know, it, there's all sorts of reasons now people separate, and, and some of them very valid reasons, I would say. But the reality is that in, in us, the call is, especially as believers, is God calls us to journey together. And we've looked at this, in, and Julian shared about this, in, in the perseverance side of it. We need to be surrounded by people. But the same way, we need to also be committed to one another, to be devoted 
to one another. We stand by one another through good and bad, through the thick and the thin. Why? Because we're family. Family doesn't give up on one another. And again, I think sometimes as we look at the church as a whole, when things go, go wrong or, or people st- struggle, the church can be very quick to write off people, can't we? To, to point out faults and to let them slide. But actually, brotherly kindness says, you know what, your, your family though, I'm not going to let you go. If we're going to go down, we're going to go down together. But we're, we're family. We stand by one another. Again, it's, it's in, in earthly context. Our, our families can be the ones that are rooting for us when life gets challenging on our fronts. Many times in our, Don and I's personal journey, you know, we've called up mom and dad and we've, we've, we've sat together with them and, and they've encouraged us and, you know, they're, they're with us. You know, families with us that we're, we're on our, we're on each other's side. It's a kind of a funny thing because when your children growing up, uh, you sometimes can kind of dislike your family. How many, or especially your siblings. How many have kind of had those thoughts? You're not really a big fan of your siblings. But then something happens along the, the line and, and actually your parents and your siblings don't, they're not so annoying as they once were. And, uh, and, and some, somehow along the line they become friends and they become people that you, you stand with. You know, I remember, or even I see it in our own kids, uh, you know, they can fight like cat and dogs at home, but if someone messes with them outside of home, you know, if someone messes with my brother or my sister, they're on that side of their sister or brother, right? You don't mess with my family. I might not like them at home, but that's my family. If you mess with them, you mess with me. You see, we're here as a family to support one another. When we stumble, when we fall, that there's people there to pick us up and not kick us while we're down. But actually, we're, we're going to make an effort to be brothers. And I don't mean brothers that just like the Cain and Abel brothers, but the brothers that support one another and help one another. But in doing that, I think that it leads to the next one. So there's a there's a commitment we make to one another. But then the second bit of it is we make allowances for each other's differences. You see, looking around this room, um, we're not necessarily we wouldn't necessarily do life together by choice. But. God connects us to a part of a family and and we have differences and we each have different weaknesses and we each have different faults, me included. In other words, for us to to gel and to connect and to to really love one another is we have to give grace and not judgment towards one another. You see, families have this amazing ability to see each other's true colors, don't they? You know, in the morning, before everyone does their makeup and does their hair and smells nice. You kind of see each other as they, you really are, right? You can all look pretty when you leave the house, but in the morning, your family sees the real you. Would you agree? And I think the church needs to be that. We see each other as who we really are. We're not putting on falsehood. We're not pretending to be something greater than we are, but we also... We create an environment where we have room for that. I don't feel the need in a, on, a, on a morning before I greet my kids and, and Donna that I would look my best. I can just be me, 
right? Now, for the rest of you, yes, I'll do my hair. But in a family, we, we, we can journey together and we, we're not trying to impress one another, right? We, we, we can just be. And people, you know, as a close family, a family, we see each other's weaknesses. We know our, our faults. We know when we're grumpy. We know all those things, right? Because we're doing life together. But we, we give allowances. We give grace to one another. We, we support in those moments of weakness. You see, what happens often for us is um, we come to church and, and maybe we, we are expecting everyone to be perfect. Or we're expecting everyone to be just like us. When actually the reality is they're not. You see, sometimes it's the, the, the people that challenge us that bring the color into the church. They, they bring the life into the church. You see, Colossians 3.13 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And Ephesians 4.2 says, bear with one another in love. Do you know, families can hurt each other, say things or offend and you know, even in church life, it's so easy to, to be offended. Someone does something that just rubs you the wrong way. You know what Colossians says, you know, just make allowance for that. And be quick to forgive their faults. Right? Because Christ is very quick to forgive your faults. All your faults. In fact, he's made you perfect. But he says, you know what, you need to extend that grace to the people you're with. You need to, to be the family that shows that brotherly love that even though you might have hit me, I will still love you because you're my brother. I, I, I'll, I'll still be there. Each one of us is different. And even in Colossians 12, we, we, uh, we see Paul writing to the church and he speaks about this diversity yet unity in the body. And sometimes there can be a thought, I don't need you because of who you are or what you bring. I don't like that. But Paul says, you know, you can't say that to your body. Just because you're not an eye, I don't need you. Or because you're, you're a foot or you're, you're a different part. But each part in this kaleidoscope, this, this, this group of people around us here are all unique parts of this body. And we need one another. And there has to be unity within the diversity. But there doesn't need to be uniformity. You see, it's an amazing thing when in a family, when children are born... You know, when we had Annalise and Caleb in, there's some characteristics you see come out in both of them from Don and I. But then there's things that they do. You think, where on earth did that come from? Why are you doing that? And not that it's bad, but sometimes they just, they, they think of things or they do things. You think, you know, Don and I are not like that at all. Right? And anyone who's had kids, you, you, you see things come out in your kids. You think, where on earth did that come from our gene pool? Both of our kids love art. Don and I are awful at art. We are the most uncreative people. Sorry, is that true? Okay. I'm not speaking out of turn. We're very uncreative, okay? If I were to have to sit down with a piece of paper and draw something, that would be the most stressful experience of my life. And yet our kids will do that for fun. I think, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Caleb loves the little kids. I just did not like little kids. <laughs> At his age. Okay, I like our kids now, and I like children in general. But Caleb particularly loves children. And I think, okay, Donna was not like that as a young person. I certainly was not like that as a young person. There's something in him. And so, again, there's these... We, we can celebrate the, the differences in one another and not be annoyed by them. But that's a choice. 
You see, again, we can project ourselves of this is what we're like in church. So everyone needs to be just like us. Well, no, they don't. You see, what makes a family unique and dynamic is when you've got all the different personalities in the one room. Right? Christmas with family can be an interesting experience. When you have all the different personalities all together, especially if it's a healthy family, okay? Not a, not a nasty family, but a happy family. And you've got every, you've got the jokester, you've got someone who's, you know, bringing all, everything to the table. Well, that's a life-giving environment, right? Because your family and brothers and sisters, are in, and there's, there's interaction. You know, the body of Christ is like that. And he says, uh, Paul, or Peter writes to the church that we need to grow in this brotherly love. He's celebrating our differences, celebrating the differences that we have, but also making allowances for each other's faults. And, and in the faults, actually, we, we cover one another's weaknesses. We help them. Christ unites us through the Spirit. We have the same blood of the Spirit flowing through all of our veins, spiritually speaking. We're family, and that's an exciting thing to be. And so families are committed to one another. Families are, are, make allowances for one another's differences and celebrate those differences. But, but families also watch out for one another. And again, this is going back to what I just mentioned. There's, there's protection in family, isn't there? There's protection in family. Families watch out each, for each other's back. Again, I'm sure you've heard the expression that blood is thicker than water, right? Blood is thicker than water. We, we watch each other's back. You see, all of us, we have blind spots in our lives. And it's our brothers and sisters in Christ that can watch those blind spots. Sometimes we can, we can fall into situations that we are a bit blind to. But brotherly love says, hey mate, you, you need to not be doing that. Or that's, watch out for that pitfall that's in front of you. You're headed straight for it. And a, a loving brother would come alongside and not let their brother just fall mindlessly into a situation that everyone else realizes is not good for them. You see, it's part of family that says, you know what? We're watching each other. Does that make sense? We watch each other's back. And standing up in brotherly love is, is standing in the gap when someone else is, is coming under attack from the enemy. You see, we all face these moments where there's an onslaught of things that happen in our lives. No one's life is smooth sailing all the time. Right? We hit troubled waters. And family is the, the ones that come around us and say, you know what, we're going to pray with you. We're going to stand in the gap with you. We're going to hold your hand through this time. We're going to, we're going to uh, defend with you. Paul encouraged the church to pray for him, to pray for the church, to, to, to lift them up, to pray for brothers and sisters. Why? Because we stand in the gap as family for one another. We're there for one another. When the going gets tough, we're there. Deuteronomy 32, 30 talks about one putting a thousand to flight, but two put 10,000 to flight. When you're part of a family, you, you become uh, undefeated in the storms because you stand with each other, shoulder to shoulder as family. Your brothers and sisters are a great resource. And in all of this, I, I, I think in order for us to, to stand with each other, it takes something of our lives to, to look beyond our own circumstances and see what's going on in our brother and sister's life. To say, you know, I'm going to stand with you, even though I'm facing stuff as well. I'm going to stand with you in prayer for what you're going through. There's safety and security in brotherly love. We can't, I don't believe, do this Christian life on our own. We need family. But also, in, in, in the sense of, uh, of what God gives us, 
watching out for one another. There's, there's protection, there's guidance, there's helping one another. As I mentioned, falling into the pitfalls that happen in life. You know, it's funny when, uh, as, as young people, especially teenagers, discover the opposite gender. And you can fall madly in love with whoever. And uh, parents often see it, can, can see through the infatuation and see whether that person's really a good person or not. They see the signs, they see, they're looking in areas that maybe the young person's not looking. You know, and again, as, even as you get older, you know, I, I know for many people it's very important that their family, um, you know, when they're looking at marriage especially, that their family like the person they're about to get married. It's important to have their acceptance. And again, that's not always possible. Sometimes we don't get along with our families. But there's something about if there's true brotherly love, if there's true sisterly love, the things that maybe we're blind to, others can help give guidance in. And you know, if we are committed to one another, and we know that that person loves us, then when they speak helpful guidance to our lives. We don't take it as an offense that you're somehow manipulating or controlling our lives. But it's because you love me that you're, you're willing to say, do you know what? I don't know if that's the best option for your life. I don't know if that's the best situation. I do struggle with that decision you're making right now. You know, it's, it's family that can say, do you know what? We're with you. We're with you through thick and thin, but we're also helped to, we're helping you to guide. And that's not from the top down. It's not me telling everyone what to do. But it's brothers and sisters connected in, and in this, this commitment to one another to support each other along the journey. Do you know, I think we will not fall and we will not become in, un, unproductive in our lives if we've got people around us helping us along the journey and saying, hey, maybe this would be better. Maybe, have you thought about this? You know, often our friends or our family can, can see our strengths even when we can't. And that guidance, that encouragement in our lives can be very helpful. Which leads us to the next one. And just got a couple more to, to touch on is, is brotherly love is, is supporting one another. Galatians 6 2 says, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. I've got this load of stuff, but because we're family, we will carry it together. If you've got a problem, I've got a problem. If you're going through something, I'm now going through something because we're family. And again, on an earthly front, if you've got a close-knit family, you know, when someone is, is facing illness, you know, as a whole family, you rally around that person, don't you? It's natural. If, if someone's dying in the hospital, you don't, if you're close family, you don't just forget about them, but you, you, you're there supporting the wife or you're supporting the husband or you're supporting each other through those challenging moments. And the church is no different. It's in times of need. We lend a helping hand. We, we carry each other's burdens. We hold on to the challenges we're going through. Who wouldn't we want to be part of this kind of a loving connection? If you're going through something, I'm here to help you. If I'm going through something, I know you're there to help me. Wow. No one's alone when they're part of a family. All of us will face things in life that we need support from one another. But it even goes beyond that. It's not through just the hard times, but it's also supporting one another and being that voice of encouragement, championing one another, speaking life into one another, helping one another, giving a leg up into the, the vision and plans that God has put in someone's heart, saying, you know what? We're family and we'll support you. 
I think in missions often happens, especially from Christian families, that your best supporters are often your family. Right? I feel called to the mission field. Who gives is your, your, your earthly family, especially if they're Christians. They want to support you. Right? Because you're one of them. We, Don and I, have certainly found that in our lives. Those, our family in Canada want to support us financially, prayerfully. Kai, we're part of their family. Well, in the church, if someone feels called to whatever in missions or, man, we want to get behind them because we're family and, and we, we want to, we want to breathe life into that vision. We want to, we want to support you. We want to hold you up so that whatever happens, we, you know that we're, we're behind you. Helping one another achieve even greater things. Again, I think when we are connected to a great force of, of, of bodily, uh, brotherly love and, and kindness around us, and they're supporting us and believing in us, you know, I don't believe we can achieve anything. If God is for us, who can be against us? But if we're part of a family, man, we, we're really three cords cannot be easily broken. When God and our family and ourselves, if we're all in it together, do you know what? We are unstoppable. And I believe as a church, we become unstoppable if we are connected to one another, we're committed to one another, we're supporting one another, we're believing in one another, and we're going after God together. Do you know what? We become an unstoppable force. Because we know the people around us are supporting us and cheering us on all the way. Man, that's exciting. We want to be part of church because it's part of family. Lastly, Brotherly love is honoring and respecting one another. Romans 12, 10, it says, honor, we've already read this, honor one another above yourself. Over time, it's interesting how familiarity leads to disrespect. Again, growing up in a family, we can disrespect those closest to us by forgetting who they are. You know, it's interesting when you go on mission, and I'm sure John and Elia could attest to that, how you are viewed slightly differently on the mission field, in a sense, Without your, you kind of to form people. You are the great pastor so and so, right? I think the team who went to Albania this past time, you know, I was Pastor Tyler everywhere, Pastor Tyler, you know. There's a respect comes when there's not the familiarity and you recognize who the person really is. You know, even Jesus is, you know, prophet has no honor in his own hometown. He might be the greatest man on earth, but well, you're, but you're the carpenter's son. What value do you really have? Guys, we need to go beyond that. We need to honor one another. We need to honor what God has put in the, the, the hearts and lives of each person. Said, so, you know what? I, I, I honor you above myself. I don't treat you with disrespect, but I, I value your life. Honor is lifting up the other person, seeing our brothers and sisters from God's perspective and placing a high value on their lives. You know, again, we can devalue people because we know them really well. But God places a high value on them. And he calls us to honor one another. To look at the other person and all their quirks and weaknesses. You know what? We honor them. We don't speak bad about one another. But we honor them. Again, it's within family. We don't disrespect family. You don't speak negatively to your sister about your brother. We're all part of the same family. No, we honor one another. We speak highly of one another. We speak life over one another. And even though we know each other so well, we, we, we need to move past the familiarity and say, you know what? I, I look at you. I'm going to choose to look at you from the, the eyes of Christ. And I'm going to place value. Your needs above mine. Your life above mine. 
And I believe if we do that, if we were to truly honor and respect one another, man, there will be such harmony and peace in this midst. And there is. Can I just say that I'm not speaking as if there's a problem here. I'm just saying, Paul says, we need to continue to grow in brotherly love. Continue to grow in it. Just as I bring it to a close, we're called to make every effort to add to our faith brotherly love. And that requires something of all of us. And it is being committed. It's very difficult to, to grow in brotherly love if you're not committed to one another. Now, we need to be committed to one another to go through the difficult and the good together, to rejoice in the triumphs, but to, to mourn in, in the defeats together, to give grace where grace is needed, to really watch out for one another, to support one another, to honor one another. You see, again, our brothers and sisters and the relationships we have with them help us to become productive and effective in our walk with him. God does not want you to hit the flat line in your walk with him. But actually, if you're going to be everything you need to be in Christ, you need to continue to grow in this. It is not an optional activity. You need to continue to grow in your relationships with one another. Make every effort to do it. God has connected you to a family. Now love each other as families should. That's our challenge. Love each other as families should. Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.